You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, hello. It's the Arrowhead Pride Tuesday show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm, of course, here with the former chief, Sean Barber, and we are talking all things Kansas City Chiefs. Big day in the NFL. Adrian Peterson's on his way to the Arizona Cardinals. We got a gloomy day in Kansas City. Sean, shine some light on us. Tell us some good news. Man, to brighten up your day today, uh, good news is the Chiefs are 5-0. We got Pittsburgh. We got a little bit of a, a little bit of a uh, couple of games to get some 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 payback on. Two games last year, things are looking great as far as uh, Alex Smith, Hunt, both on the MVP watch list. But to add to the gloom, uh, we got you know we got we lost our, uh, one of our guys. One of our tr- troops went down last game. Yeah, let's get right to it. I think what everyone is wondering right now in Kansas City is how are the Chiefs going to replace Chris Conley? This is a very important player for this Chiefs team. And, you know, they have backups on the team, but just what Conley meant to this team, sometimes you wouldn't see it on the stat sheet. His season ends with a ruptured Achilles. He had 11 receptions for 175 yards, but a lot of what he means to this team, you can't see in a stat sheet. Andy Reid talked about it this past Monday on a conference call with Kansas City Media. Chris, I thought, was playing as good a football as he's ever played here. I just think he's really had a nice year up to the, up to this point, and um, you know it's a shame that that happens. I, I think we'll be able to, uh, you know, have some. We've got we've got some numbers there, so they'll, they'll just have to make sure they're on the same page like Chris was. So Chris Conley done it for the year. Andy Reid was of course asked in the conference call as well. How would the Chiefs go about replacing him? You know what? We rotate so many different people in there. I I don't I haven't got that far yet on it, but you know we've been working D Rob in and and uh, Wilson play and you know we have so many different guys that, that work in there. Thirteen, he uh, Anthony gets in there, so we got a bunch of different answers comes into that. But. You know what I noticed about the Chief Sean, and this is probably good in situations like this where a role player like Conley is injured for the year is the scheme changes up based upon the game. So I think if there's anyone that's going to be able to figure out what to do here, it's Andy Reid. How are you feeling about this situation? The tough thing about Conley is that he was such a great impact to the team when it came to his leadership off the field. Yeah, um, He's a guy who preached faith, family, and football in that order. Um, he's a, a very spiritual guy, but he also, when it was time for him to step up and become the number one receiver, he didn't blink an eye. Uh, Macklin leaves town. He's a guy who's unproven. It, it, it didn't surprise him that, that when an opportunity arose that he was going to step up 
and he fit he fit right in as the number one receiver here in Kansas City. Now you make a good point because yes, Tyreek Hill really stepped into maybe that primary receiver role, but as mm-hmm. far as leadership in the room, Conley was that leader for this wide receiver core. So, you know who stands in there now? Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mix a uh, little mixed bag. Um, I, I tend to think Albert Wilson probably fills that role off the field. I think off the field and on the field because you know Wilson actually had playing time last year. You know Robinson. This is kind of his breakout year. This is the year for him to really get his feet wet, do some things. He's kind of that X factor. No one really know know about him on film too much. He's going to be the vertical threat guy. Robinson's going down the field. He's going to be kind of a big play guy for us if he actually actually breaks open. But Wilson is going to be the guy underneath routes, possession guys, third down catches. He's already made some really great plays for us during the season. Yeah, and one thing you should remember, too, about Albert Wilson is this coaching staff loves Albert Wilson. You may not see the production as far as on the stat sheet or on the field all the time, but when Alex Smith needs Albert Wilson to catch the football, at least this year, he's caught it, and he had that enormous spot in the Redskins Redskins game where he snatched the ball out of the air. Redskins intercept that pass. I've said it before. Maybe that's a different ball game. That was definitely a big play of the game. Um, but even going back into last year, um, Wilson has been a guy in the red zone that Andy Reid has trusted to really target. A lot of times when we was wondering where was our offense going, who was going to be targeted, which receivers, Wilson's name kept coming up week in and week out as getting red zone targets, third down targets. Um, he's a guy that the offense coordinator really trusts with the, to make our primary target on a lot of our plays when, it's, when, when we need to get it done. Yeah, and not that there's ever a convenient time for an injury, but you got to like the fact that the Chiefs have begun to use Demarcus Robinson in the lineup a little bit. I mean, he's not starting, but these past few weeks – He's had some receptions in these games, and he hadn't had that before in a real regular season game. So now Demarcus Robinson is a little bit that next man up. Maybe he steps more into a secondary role to what an Albert Wilson can bring to the table. Yeah, and I think both of them are they're, they're both tenacious blockers. They're both guys that are really gritty. They're, they're, there's no diva in either one of them. So I like what we have going already with Tariq Hill, and uh, I think both Robinson and Wilson will both complement one another to replace Conley on the field. Yeah, and it remains to be seen what the Chiefs do really from a personnel standpoint. J.U. Chesson's been inactive for most of the season. You have two wide receivers on the practice squad and Garrett Dieter and Marcus Kemp. So I'm interested in seeing what happens here when it comes to personnel. Will one of these guys get the call? That University of Michigan, Chesson, <laughs> uh, he made some big plays in the preseason. So maybe it's time to you know call out. He, he, looks, he looks the part. He looks like he has the uh, physique and he, to, to be a really outstanding receiver. I think – he ran back a punt, I think, in the preseason, and that was kind of what we remember him as during the preseason. But I think this this might be a, a calling card for him to really um, get on the stage and show us what he can do. What I remember about J.U. from training camp myself was that he had a very good rapport, it seemed, right away with Patrick Mahomes just because he was on the field for the second team reps and the third team reps. I don't know if he had as many reps with Alex Smith as you would have liked, but the success that he w- he showed with Mahomes in the preseason makes me think – that he can get on the same page with Smith, and and the Chiefs wouldn't have drafted them if they didn't like this kid. Yeah, I think the one thing you you know he has a skill set. He's a good possession receiver. He has great hands. He's always had great ball possession. Uh, what they call a catch radius, and that's one thing that quarterbacks really like. You know, not having to be super accurate with him. He can run down the field. He can make possession. He has a body that can catch the ball across the middle. It would be really interesting to see what he can do with the opportunities he's going to get. Yeah, and I. I Really like Marcus Kemp, so it'd be awesome to see him maybe get the call up. 
All right, we got to move on to the other injury the Chiefs are facing. Travis Kelsey is, of course, in the concussion protocol. There was a little bit of a weird moment the other night because when Kelsey took the hit to give him the concussion, he ended up staying in the game for a little bit, went into the halftime locker room and couldn't remember some things, so that's obviously concussion symptoms. He now enters the NFL concussion protocol. Andy Reid was asked about that on Monday as well. What exactly happened in this game? This is a long answer, but it's interesting to me, so I'll play it for you guys. I'm not on the phone with the league. I'm on our trainers and docs are. They're right there with them as they go through the they, there's a whole protocol set up that they, they go through and and so that's what took place last night. They reported that he was he was good to go and, and so we went from there and our guys keep me abreast of it. And then I, I what I think is important and, and um is that we just don't turn our back to that. We continue to check on the guys. <clears throat> These guys want to play, but at the same time, we're, we're looking out for their for their best interests at the same time. So uh, they know that they can, they can communicate and talk to us that, uh, listen, if, if, it, if something comes up, just let us know. I mean, we'll, we'll let the, you know, we'll, we'll take care of you here. So, that, that's right. That's the part that kind of gets missed in this whole deal is is there's a communication that goes on and our, they have full trust in our trainers and docs to actually let us know that yeah you know what I'm I'm not feeling so good let you know and then we take care of it right there it's done it's over so and what's most important here is the well-being of the player and that's whatever route you go to to get to it that's what we try to do. And nothing less than that. I mean, we're not, uh, that, that's, you know, we explained that to them right from the beginning that we've got a lot of good football players on this team and our personnel department does a nice job of bringing in good football players. So if something happens where you're, you're hurt, you, you let us know, let's get the other guys in and, and you get yourself ready. And when you're ready, then you come back till then the other guys will, will pick up the slack and go. Now, Sean, you're a former player in this league. So, this has to hit home a little bit with you to see the transition now from back in the day. It was like stay in the game, stay in the game, whereas now there's a little bit bigger of a push to take care of your body. Well, it's something about the ego of a player. You know, when you're out there on the field, if you're a starter in your position because you got all the practice reps, because you prepared yourself to play every rep of that game, you feel an obligation to your teammates. You feel an obligation to your coaching staff that if you can at all go, you want to go out there and go. Even though, you know, the guy behind you, his 100% might be better than your 80%. Uh, and because you're a little bit injured, it might prevent you from making a play, but your your pride won't – it doesn't accept that. Yeah. And so the one thing that Andy said is, hey, just, just let us know. And he's one of, the, one of the coaches that, you know, I truly believe in this league that your health and your benefit is more important than the actual outcome of the game. He doesn't – he would not trade a win for you to, um, to be injured or be hurt or go out there – um, not really fully prepared to go play. And I think that's the one thing that the media is kind of they, – they ask them the question so many different ways because they want them to say, yeah, you know, if if, if 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 things are the same, I would rather have them out. No, no. We we have seen a little bit of baiting in the Kansas City media this year, probably more so than usual. And I think Andy Reid was kind of speaking from the heart here. He, he was basically saying, I'm not going to put my player in a position of danger, which – I think as a fan, you want. Right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, because he, he's so uh, detailed and he's so focused on the game plan, he's not seeing the guy wobble off the field. He's not seeing a lot of things we see at home 
by the camera catches a guy staying on the ground, he's already going to the next play. And so we, we, we judge him or we, we, we expect him to see all these different angles. He's going, he's going, he's going. And he expects you as a player, hey, if something's going wrong, pull yourself out, let the trainers know. And then he just pick, picks the next man and, hey, let's go. And it's, it's a confusing topic for the player. Because you look at a guy that's in Kansas City in Alex Smith, Mm -hmm. and this is a guy who in 2012 lost his job because he was concussed. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's it's the truth. So it's a tough call when you're a player and there's millions of dollars and, you know, your livelihood on the line. You know, I could see why you wouldn't want to come out. Now there's all these studies with CTE and things like that. I like the push of the NFL to, to now say, listen, Take care of you first. It's okay to come out of the game, and it's hard. And I, I, yeah. I, I'm seeing that in you right now. It must be really hard to take yourself out of the game. But at least I like at least the effort there where there now is a guy not involved with the team that determines whether or not you get back in the field. So right now, Travis Kelsey is in that concussion protocol. It's not even up to the Chiefs whether or not he gets to come back. It's got He's got to pass other tests from outside doctors, things like that, and that's why the NFL now has that rule. Yeah, the protocol is something that definitely needs to be put in place. Take it out of the guy's hands. Um, have have a third doctor, a third set of eyes, actually looking at guys who are a little bit wobbly. But, you know, when, when the Chiefs have the opportunity to look beyond Kelsey, right, if Kelsey's not there, then, well, you know, what do they have left? They have Harris. They have Ross. Um, both of those guys have a uh, interesting uh, set of tools that – I think Andy Reid really likes. Um, There's a reason he kept – Ross has – he, he kind of emulates uh, Travis down the field a lot when it comes to running his routes. Now he has to really clean up his ball security. That's one thing that we've seen um, on a couple of his catches. He, he he carries the ball out a little bit you know, under his chicken wing. Um, well, he fumbled last game. He, he fumbled. Luckily he recovered it, but right. um, he's, he's got to make sure he really focuses on his ball security. And what Harris needs to do is just be Harris, just – you know, last week he wasn't as sure-handed as we, we've seen him. His confidence kind of seemed like it was a little bit wavering. But this week, this, this last game, he really picked up that confidence, that swagger was back. Both of them guys need to really be better inline blockers when it comes to the running game, though. But besides that, I think as far as the passing scheme and the passing progressions fold out for the game, I don't think we lose anything. As we say on the Arrowhead Pride podcast, that's why we call him Demetrius Football. For for the record, Andy Reid in his conference call did say if it does come down to Demetrius Harris and Ross Travis, he's comfortable against the Steelers. So that's a good sign because as these concussions go, you don't know how anyone's body in particular is going to react. So Travis Kelsey may play. He may not. We'll see as the week goes on. We'll maybe have a better update for you on the Thursday preview show heading into Sunday's game. But again, Demetrius is here for a reason. They like him. And uh, he's grown into a player you can rely on. So I think as a fan, you, you feel comfortable. Of course, he's not the player Kelsey is, but he can do the job for at least a game. Speaking of guys who can do the job, a right guard fill in this game was Cam Irving after the, tr- after the big trade, sort of out of nowhere. Really came here as a swing tackle, but came into the right guard position. Andy Reid asked about how Cam Irving did filling in last game against the Houston Texans. You know what? He actually looked—he looked pretty good, and and uh, yeah, he's a good football player. We knew that coming out. He just—he—that's the position that he's probably had the least amount of experience with, but he has played in there enough to where, you know, we felt comfortable putting him in. Again, you don't know until you see it, and and so a little bit like with Reggie Ragland, let's let's get him in and let's see if they can, you know, if they can help. I mean, uh, with with our team. Um, 
And, you know, he, I thought he stepped up and did, did a nice job. He brought great energy in there, and he, he battled. And it wasn't all pretty, but he, he battled his tail off. And like I said, he, he's another one of those guys that if he messes up, he, he's not going to tell you something different. He'll say, I messed up, but I'm not going to do it again, and let's go. You know, so I appreciated his attitude and, and the way he handled himself out there. Now, one thing we do on the Tuesday show of the Arid Pride podcast is we go back and watch the All-22 film. Sean, you're involved in scouting. What would you see from Cam Irving? Well, I saw a guard that uh, played with very good leverage during the uh, pass protection and in the, run, in the run game. Now, what you find with, with, with scheming against a, a, a tackle or guard center, any of the uh, offensive linemen, that guard position, um, you can protect it. You can find different pass protection schemes to help them get help from the center, get help from the tackle. So when you're when the guard position is new, that's a that's a position that's really easy to to kind of hide when it comes to a defense trying to attack you. Now in the rushing game, every man's for himself. You got to you got to you got to stand up. You got to you know take your 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 block. A couple times he got beat on the inside. Uh, we got called for one holding call, which was a kind of a suspect call in my in my book. But overall, the entire game, I mean, he played with great pad level, uh, great understanding. Got out on the edge really well on a couple of lead blocks for Hunt. I, you couldn't tell he was a backup, and that's the one thing. If you was watching the film and you didn't know this was his first game starting, you would have thought he was been there the whole season. Yeah, that's one thing with offensive linemen. You really only notice them when they're screwing up. Exactly, exactly. And he didn't screw up much this game. He had a, um, a pretty, I mean, above average game as a um, starting guard. And these are big shoes to fill. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is really becoming one of the better guards yeah. in the NFL. So. That's a that's a big role to fill in, and for him to have the game that he did, I think gives the Chiefs offensive line, and if you're a quarterback, and Alex Smith, a bit of confidence, no? Definitely, you know, um, Pro Football Focus, I think had you know LTD, LTD, L L L D T, except when there's a block for a touchdown, then he becomes LTD. Yes, that's how it's done. Adam uh, as one of the top guards in the league, um, pretty much for the first you know few weeks until he got hurt. And now he he comes in there and, and plays for a guy and plays at a very high level. That was a, a spot that I think the other team probably had focused or highlighted as a, a you know, we want to use uh, some of our best uh, rushing uh, moves and stunts to attack this position. And you go through the game, and um, I don't think I saw any sacks given up, not many pressures even and from a, that position. A little bit of a break with the Texans losing J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless as well, though. Yeah, two of the uh, best I think I've seen since 2012, they had a, over 100 combined sacks, and I was like number one in the league in that time frame as far as uh, a duo getting pressure on the quarterback. So losing both of those guys so early in the game definitely probably changed some of the schematic-wise how the defense was going to attack our offense. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, I said he put it in a great, a great day's work, played like a pro. Uh, obviously, you know, he has the confidence of, uh, of Smith and, and uh, Coach Reed. All right, well, listen, got the, got the 42-34 win anyway. The Chiefs are 5-0. and Of course, you are listening to the Tuesday show of the Arrowhead Pride podcast. When we come back, we'll talk about Marcus Peters. We'll get into what's happening at Inside Linebacker, and we'll talk about the new Alex Smith. How could you have an Arrowhead Pride podcast if you're not talking about the new Alex Smith? So stay with us. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast Tuesday show. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber. Your Kansas City Chiefs are 5-0, and and we've reviewed the film from the Texans game. We're checking in on how this team did in that game. One of the moments that really was noticed a little bit later 
on the broadcast was the fact that during this game, Marcus Peters was yelling as loud as he could at Bob Sutton, and people were wondering what happened. Andy Reid was asked about that this week as well. It's an emotional game. <clears throat> we know that he's emotional. We, you know, that's not like a, a secret here. Everybody's got their own way of communicating and doing things. And, uh, you know, and then two minutes later, he's okay. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's how it rolls. And, and, and Bob knows it and Justin knows it and, and everybody's got different personalities and gets to the, you know, it goes about it a different way. I mean, it's no different than a family that way. So you manage it and, um, and knowing that he'll, he'll, uh, He'll calm down, and when he does, he's okay, you know. So he's got a short memory that way. So we, uh, um, but that listen, that's part of his personality, and we 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 work with it. But listen, nobody, the, the one thing I don't want to get a lot. Nobody loves the game more than this guy loves the game, and and uh, and and so that's uh, you know we all understand that too, and and. Um, and we're all we're all wired a little bit different. We understand that, and so we just we, we work with it. I got to be honest. I know Marcus Peters is still one of the elite players in the game. It's been a little bit of a weird year for him, though, in, in a way for me. How how are you feeling on the situation? Yeah, I look. I look at, you know what? I, I watch a lot of the uh, NFL Network, and I see my man Ike Taylor le- le- uh, listing the top five corners or top ten corners each week. And I just each week it seems like since week one he's been bumping Marcus Peters down a bump, and he's been giving up some big plays. I just think it's a consistency level. It's like a loss of a focus, or maybe just not just not really interested in what's going on in the game at that time. When he gets locked in, he's great. When he gets locked in, it, 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 there is no receiver that can get open. But it's too many chances. It's too many times a game you're seeing him just kind of lose focus, wondering what's going on on the other side of the field, and then when it comes back to his guy, he kind of re- has to relocate him. And that's given up uh, now a third touchdown by the quarterback coming back to his side late and him not being in a proper position to uh, cover his receiver. So it, it's something that they can work on. It's something, that, you know, for him to shoot at. It's just it's, it's hard at that cornerback position because you're on the island. It's hard to just, you know, constantly uh, stay, stay, stay 100% dedicated to your job and that kind of freelance a little bit. Yeah, and I, I just think – I understand the team's 5-0, and but there are some concerns. I, I mean, you look at this game, there's three minutes and six seconds left. The Texans have third and seven. It's 39-20, and I understand this is a lot of garbage time, but they still finish within one score. It didn't come to bite you against the Texans, but later on the season, the parity is so high in this league that isn't that a worry for you a little bit? I think defensively, it, it, it's like a badge of honor to you know point scored. And when you want to face a team that's only giving up 12 points a game, 13 points a game, I think offensively you get a little bit worried. But with all these late scores our Chiefs have given up, um, if I'm an offense, I'm always encouraged the fact that if we just keep snapping the ball, we keep throwing the ball downfield, uh, we have a chance of get, catching some 50-50 balls, some jump balls. We have a chance of breaking some tackles, scoring late in the game. And just staying in it. Yeah, I think the one good point you made to me, I don't even know if it was on a podcast or off the air when, when we were talking, is the thing that bothers me right now about the Chiefs late in the game is there's tape out there that says, hey, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you almost want them stepping on the other team's throat a little bit. Yeah. And here you have right now the perfect opportunity to dominate. you got a reeling Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I'm not saying 
that you should be taking the Pittsburgh Steelers lightly. But this is a this is a, a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger that says maybe I don't have it anymore after throwing five interceptions to the Jaguars. This is the perfect opportunity to dominate in both the game and the scoreboard. And so you hope they take advantage of that this weekend. Well, the one thing you got to be concerned that, you know, is the offensive weapons the Pittsburgh Steelers had. They're still dangerous. Right. It's, it's like a- <laughs> Antonio Brown being probably the biggest one and Le'Veon Bell, who really had a very nice game last year in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he hasn't really got on pace yet. He, I mean, he's still kind of getting his sea legs under him. He's still getting himself because he missed all the training camp. So it took him about four or five weeks to get in it. So we're going to see him back at full strength. The, the offense side of the ball for the Steelers is going to be back at full strength. And speaking of that, there's been an interesting change of guard at the inside linebacker position. Rameek Wilson had been starting up to last week, but Reggie Ragland now comes in in that position to start next to Derek Johnson. Last game, Rameek Wilson was inactive. But if you looked at the at what the Chiefs were doing, Reggie Ragland only played 10 snaps. What was the different defensive look the Chiefs used against the Texans? Well, if you see you know, against the multiple wideout sets that the Texans were using, um, the Chiefs went to a three-safety look. My man, Dirty Dan, uh, he's always able to get down in the box and get his, get his, get his pads all dirty. He, I think he feels more comfortable down there with those big guys. You like him as a linebacker. I love him as a linebacker. I love well, I call it a big nickel. They call it a big nickel defensive personnel. So you get that third safety down in there and get them down in there dirty. Great cover guys, good on the tight ends, can get the back out the backfield. That allows DJ, uh, well, you know, coverage is probably his his, his weakness, man-to-man coverage um, against these scat backs. You let DJ uh, add to the blitz, let DJ spy. But then get Dirty Dan down there and have Murray play. Uh, him and Parker be the back back half safeties. I think it's a great look. It's a great mixture of things you can do with the guys, and it allows our defense to stay, you know, in a, in a kind of a uh, kind of a hybrid kind of look. So I like it. So there's your reason for Rameek Wilson being an active last game. Basically, what happened is Reggie Ragland went ahead of him in the depth chart, and the Chiefs weren't even using Ragland that much. It was more of an elevation for Danny Sorensen and Eric Murray, and that's what you saw exactly. in that game. But that might not be the case with every game. So we should see what the Chiefs do on defense this weekend. I want to get into the play of Alex Smith, and I have something that I want to play for you. It is a tape of me, you, and Joel Uh, at the beginning of the season. One of the pride heads asks, over under on Alex Smith passing touchdowns, 21 and a half, over under on Patrick Mahomes starts, 0.5. So let's, let's revisit what we said. The first voice you'll hear is that of the blog father, Joel Thorman. The over on Alex touchdowns. Okay. Uh, I, I just think he's going to have one of his probably his best year um, with the young guy behind him. Yeah. Mahomes starts. I'll go with over. Um, I'm going to go with the over and the under. I'm going to say that um, Smith finds a way to start every game. He's, I mean, this is basically him playing for his next contract. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with the over for the touchdowns. Um, and I think he adds about five rushing touchdowns into that this year also. So he's going to be, to me, a fantasy breakout as far as quarterback. Guy you can get after the draft's over because nobody's going to want him, but he's going to put up the same numbers as somebody else who you drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Um, but then when it comes to those starts, I think he's going to find every way possible to stay healthy, every way. Such a good point by you on the fact that you're calling us a contract year because, yes, the Chiefs could keep him for next year, but it would cost him $17 million. So odds are they do cut him, mm-hmm. making this – his contract year, which, I mean, if you know Alex Smith, he'll probably ball out. I'm going to yeah. go over on the touchdowns. 
Knowing Alex Smith, he'll probably ball out. <laughs> That's got MVP written all over it. NFL <laughs> Network and ESPN, I'm right here. Well, I know the, the the thing I got out of that is, uh, you, you know, both of y'all went with the over, thinking that the NFL's uh, concussion, uh, some 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 mysterious injury was going to have the rookie in there for at least one game. Uh, once I saw Alex Smith get slammed last week by by uh, the Redskins guy, and he and he got back up and ready to play, I'm really it's it's going to be the under. But we 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 joke about it, right? We we joke about it. I mean, this is clearly a new type of Alex Smith. Yeah. This this is the this is the type of Alex Smith like imagine you're a man who got married and in year one your wife cooks for you once a week. You're scaring me right now. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. And then three three three, four, five years later, all of a sudden your wife comes home and one week she's cooking for you like four times a week. And you're like <laughs> like where has this been? Like I was you know, like 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 this is this is amazing. And you know, why is it happening? The what we're seeing from Alex Smith is like like everybody's greatest dreams about a quarterback, throwing the ball downfield, using his legs to get first downs and big touchdowns. The decision-making on keeping the eyes downfield, working laterally across the line of scrimmage to create that play for Chitrondrick West for that first touchdown. Those are things that you don't see quarterbacks doing on a yeah. week-to-week basis. And he, every week he's doing, every week he's making MVP-type plays. And the throws on the run, too, from every sort of distance, whether it be – intermediate the short the short bullet pass to uh, Sharkhandrick West this week was fantastic it's just an all-around player and if you listen to these national podcasts these national shows everyone's in agreement right now this is the way ahead MVP maybe you have a Kareem Hunt or an Aaron Rodgers that's, that could get in the mix but right now if the season ended today your MVP is Alex Smith and I, I get it's early but it's still pretty cool Alex Smith is the LeBron James of the NFL right now oh my I mean I think that's LeBron Braun King, Braun Braun. King Alex King Alex by the way we've been calling him the new Alex Smith on the Arrow Pride podcast since probably week two Chris Collinsworth was all over that on Sunday Night Football no credit to the Arrow Pride podcast so Chris we're watching you but I think that's all we have to talk about this week. We'll be back again on Thursday to preview the Chiefs and the Steelers. Any uh, final words before Thursday, Sean? No, don't miss that 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 uh, that podcast come Thursday. It's going to be one for the ages, so make sure you tune in. It's going to be lit Thursday. That's what he's saying if there's any kids out there. <laughs> all right, he's Sean Barber. I'm Pete Sweeney. This is one of the best shows we do. It's the Tuesday show of the Arrow Pride podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.